my gosh. It's all three of the big dudes in the trenches. Oh my god, I'm back for now. Finally. About time. Yeah, you're gonna have to dip on us. It's fine. We get it. Yeah, we know. We Look, know. I I normally love a certain airline, but I'm not happy with them today. By a certain airline, do you happen to mean the United States Air Force? <laughs> no. Look, I'm not the one who dipped. I didn't dip. <laughs> oh, well, this happens too. Oh, man. Oh. It's it's time for the big dudes in the trenches. If you haven't expected scheduling difficulties by now, this is the wrong show for you. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, oh. we are all back. That we are in the midst of our conference preview series. We have already gone through nine FBS conferences. We have an entire 13 FCS conferences yet to go. But tonight, well, tonight just means more. Because we are doing the SEC. That's right. On live stream tonight, we are just talking about the Southeastern Conference. And then, of course, if you're listening on audio, we would recommend you check out the video version of this because there are graphics involved, all good stuff. And dancing heads. And dancing heads. Bug has us moving all around the screen. It's very exciting. (laughs) But if you want to catch all of that live and talk to us there, of course, you can check us out on Twitch at Big Dudes in the Trenches, all one word. That's the best place to watch this podcast because Bug does some very fun, exciting stuff live on screen all the time. It's wonderful. That's <laughs> a great time. Stuff. <laughs> but mostly for the dancing heads. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. So I, I don't know if you have anything you guys want to say before we get started here. but I, I, have, I have just one thing. It just means more. That is correct. All right, I'm ready to go. Actually accurate. Tonight's show just means more. (laughs) All right, so the SEC is uh, for at least a little while longer a conglomeration of 14 big-time schools. Um. It won't be 14 too much longer because starting in 2024, they will be adding Oklahoma and Texas and possibly more than that. See what happens to the ACC in the next like 24 hours. I heard there's like four schools in the Pac-12 that are uh, looking for a new home. Yeah, I can definitely see the SEC (laughs) and adding Stanford and Cal. That's 100% going to happen. Yes, you're you're first. The the very, very southeastern. Stanford and Cal. Yes. They yes. <laughs> I as much as I shit on the SEC, I got to give it to them. They've actually done a pretty good job of maintaining hey, we're uh you know the Southeastern Conference. We want our teams to at least somewhat be in the Southeast, which is you know, I guess the Big 10 wasn't really region defined, and I guess the Big 12 isn't really region defined, but dear lord, it's like they aren't even trying to to keep things. Big Ten simple. definitely was at one time, and they gave up on that. Uh, also, I say the SEC gave up on that when they put Missouri in the SEC East. But yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, that's, that's true. I, I, would say I will it's say almost, though, <laughs> it's more likely though that they add Air Force, Army, and Navy than they add Stanford at all. So a lot, a lot is 
a lot is made of the travel and everything, but we live in such an age now where I don't know that I'm that worried about how long the travel is. It's, you know, it's not that big of a deal, I guess. Air, air travel's gone such a long way now. Yep. Just I will throw ask, out here, though. Just ask those uh, Washington State tennis players once they get done playing Miami how, <laughs> how much they're looking forward to that flight home. <laughs> I will say, though. Um, oh, he put it. You, you've put it in a weird spot. If you take out the fact that Georgia technically won two bowl games and just count the national championship as one, uh, the SEC was 500 in their bowl games, if I'm counting this right. Sounds right. I That's think about I tried standard. to math earlier. No, six and five. Yeah. Sorry, six and five. Because I, I don't want to count two different bowl games when they were one of the only teams that played two. Well, technically. The college football national championship game is not a sponsored bowl. At least I don't think it is. It is the CFB. Na- C- yeah. It's just the national championship. championship. Yeah. Yeah, but like, kind of. For 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 as much as they talk about how <laughs> great they are, they only only one game above five hundred, and that includes uh, the first team we're talking about getting absolutely fucking mud stomped by Oregon State in the fucking Las Vegas Bowl. What happened yeah. there? And what do we think is going to happen with them this year? Well, number one, Oregon State's really that good. And number two, Florida really is that mediocre. So suck it. Suck it, Gators. (laughs) Actually, please don't. That'd be very painful. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) No, we're looking at Billy Napier's second season in the SEC. And I know last season he came in with a ton of hype, but he also came in with a roster that was really dog shit. So it would be fascinating <laughs> to see what he can do in the next couple of years as he tries to build up a roster that kind of sucks still. Like the front seven's okay. And they they did decent last year, and Billy Napier is a good coach. They have a chance to continue to build, but you're right, it's gonna take them another couple seasons at least to get Billy Napier's recruits in and make them worth anything really i I think they get by on their they get by on their name recognition a lot i think they are the epitome of that in the sec uh and really a lot of that's built off of those teams that urban meyer had at least for our generation and you know the swamp those those teams are getting their own uh untold uh documentary here on netflix along with another (laughs) well-deserved along with another uh former sec player and i'll uh, i'll mention who that is and where that is a little bit later in the show and it's (laughs) i'm excited for that one personally so even though they did go like 500 they did beat the pac-12 champions in week one in down in the swamp so it is still a a team full of potential Let's let's be generous. <laughs> I mean, that's more than what we can say about Vandy. Uh, we'll, we'll get slanderous. There. You better we'll get shut there. your mouth. Vanderbilt's going to be better than Florida this year, hundred percent guaranteed. Uh, yeah, but at least Florida isn't going to play on a high school field. All right. I, hold on. That I is, will, those are different. Those are separate issues. <laughs> I will put money on Florida to beat Vandy this year. I will take that bet. 
depending on the odds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, no. This is just outright. <laughs> That's not what I agreed to. He, he agreed to he's talking about the odds, not the spread. Yeah, uh, the ahead. odds are the winner gets the other's money. <laughs> let's go ahead and jump to Georgia here. Georgia is going to look very different yet again for the second straight season, third straight season probably, honestly, of uh, being an entirely different roster and yet probably also still being the most dominant team of all time again somehow. We're going to sit there and scratch our heads and be like, what team would could possibly beat this Georgia team for the second year in a row? So, right. So I will say everyone's going to sit there and say, who's the quarterback and act like that's an issue. But I've also said that for like the past four years when Stetson Bennett, what Stetson Bennett was that quarterback. And it's been pretty good for them ever since. Kirby Smart's a good coach. This offense doesn't run through the quarterback. It runs on the ground and then through everybody else. And this defense is just stifling. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah, Georgia is a scary team. Tends to happen when you have the number one recruiting class for the past four years. That your yeah, that generally helps. Helps a lot, and usually. Got one of the best players at his position on your team, and he has the ability to absolutely take over a game, especially in the red zone. Brock Bowers, of course, who we're talking about there. Yeah. Lad McConkney was also added to the Blitnikoff Award watch list alongside Brock Bowers, though. Kind of an interesting addition there. I was surprised at that, but then at the same time, I realized Lad McCockney is pretty decent. I just don't know who's going to be throwing him the ball. And usually when you have a first-year starting quarterback, the tight end becomes even more valuable, and you have Brock Powers there. So, my, my man was so close to having the best name ever. Lad McCockner would have been perfect. <laughs> Yeah. You have anything to say about this defense? Because I think that's where a lot of these questions are coming from. That I mean, two years in a row, we've seen massive turnover on the defense. Do we right. have any reason to think it's not going to be the same the same result? Is Kirby Smart the coach? No, yeah. he's only on the slide for cool. aesthetics. Well, no, I'm saying that because <laughs> if Kirby Smart is the coach, then I have no questions about their defense. I don't care how much turnover they have. He is – had a history of making top yeah top in the nation top 10 national defenses ever since he was the defensive coordinator at Alabama uh I'm not worried about that defense in terms of are they going to be good they will be good yeah I think a lot of the consternation goes back to like the all-america squads or even the all-conference squads and like wow there are a lot fewer Georgia players on this than we're used to at this point we don't know who these guys are because there have been first round draft picks backing up first round draft picks at their positions for the last two years. So it's very possible. These guys are also first round draft picks like the entire starting 11 again. Yeah. We just don't really know that yet. The only one who really got broke through and had a ton of playing time was Jamin Dumas, Dumas Johnson, dumbass Johnson. Uh, <laughs> Nice. Uh, and that's why he's on all the all america squads because he is awesome but yeah. everybody else we'll see and i think that's when, the most when, fair way to say it right now when you were a two last year and you end up on the preseason all america squad you're pretty good uh, i'm just Usually. i'm looking i'm looking through their their schedule here 
maybe, maybe Tennessee is a concern near the end of the season. And then, you know, you can never rule out rivalry week, even though it is Georgia Tech. I, this is, this is, it's something people are going to be saying all year who is going to beat Georgia? And I think for good reason. Well, another team that'll have a shot here is their next squad, Kentucky. <laughs> the hometown boys. Which, by the way, shout out Ball State for playing Kentucky and Georgia on back-to-back weeks. Ugh. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Max looking to get it. <laughs> the I don't even know a good mashup there. The Maxec. Maxec <laughs> challenge. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but Ball State's playing two of those games. So, you know, good luck. Yeah. So Mark Stoops is back. Mark Stoops is very nearly, I think he's closing in very quickly on being the winningest head coach in Kentucky football history, which sounds really dumb when you realize he's 66 and 59 in his career, but also like when's the last time Kentucky was good? I guess you have to go back to where Bryant in the 70s. So. We declared them a football school last week, remember? Or last year, remember? Yes, yes. That's when they they started being good at football. Uh, They did lose their quarterback, though. They are bringing in a transfer that I have really enjoyed for a couple of years, last year being the exception. It's probably why he's transferring. (laughs) NC State former quarterback Devin Leary is in. And 1,000-yard rusher from Vanderbilt is trying to upgrade his draft potential by coming to a real football school in Ray Davis. Uh, Looking forward to this offense. I think it's going to be a lot more dynamic of an offense than what we had last year at Kentucky. And the defense is always, like, pretty good. I'm not going to go out and say they're going to be great, but – really the whole team just wasn't good in their bowl game last year because not only did they lose to Iowa, they got shut out by Iowa and it looks like Iowa scored three touchdowns because it was 21 to nothing. I'm not ruling out that Iowa kicked. How many field goals is that? Seven Seven field goals. Uh, Like I'm not going to rule that out because I know how bad Iowa's offense is, but man, I hope, I hope that's not a sign of what this team is going to be going into this. (laughs) It's not, it's not. I do think as dangerous as that is, uh, Iowa scored some points on defense in that game. <laughs> That's probably, probably a safe assessment. <laughs> and I also, I also believe that Will Levis did not participate. So uh, I figured Will Levis didn't play, and I'm sure they had some other holdouts as well. That's unfortunately what bowl seasons become this year. Look, they've got a gauntlet as far as the schedule goes this year. I, I don't. Missouri is probably one of their easiest conference games. They didn't get uh, get the lucky lucky draw like I feel like Georgia did uh, to a degree. So we'll see yeah, how it goes have, for them. Always have Vandy on the schedule, right? We always like have that Vandy known as Vandy. Y'all they are not our Vandy next haters. school, brother. Uh, the next haters. school. I'm going to school y'all on Vanderbilt once we get there. We have Missouri to get to first. (laughs) Yeah, the team I said was going to be their easy win, so let's talk about it. Head coach Eli Drinkwitz is back for his fourth season. It's not Elijah, it's Eliah. I hate it so much. Luckily, he goes by Eli half the time, so that's what I call him half the time. (laughs) Oh, God, that name is disgusting. Uh, 
I don't really know who their quarterback's going to be. That is usually a problem. Um, I do know Luther Burden is really good and a local product. Um, was down to Missouri and Ohio State ended up coming to Missouri. Makes good sense. luck with that. Well, at least he's going to see the field at Missouri. Yeah. I mean, too scared to compete in a real wide receiver school. <laughs> Come on. That's also <laughs> true. <laughs> Yeah, this is a this is a pretty like average team, and that that's rough to say, especially when you're in the SEC. Being an average team probably means you're going to be below 500. I just don't know what they're going to get out of the quarterback position, and I don't trust this defense at all. So if the only things I can point to is being legitimate strengths for your team are your running back and one of your wide receivers, probably doesn't bode well for your season. Especially sure, not in the SEC. And yeah. I'm sure there are other reasons, but the reason I'm going with for them not wanting to go to Memphis to play that game is they didn't want to drive all the way to Memphis, Tennessee to lose. So they decided we'll just go <laughs> you know, a couple hours over to St. Louis and play in the Dome instead. I don't know. I Look, I get it. That agreement was probably made when Barry Odom was still there. In fact, I know it was. So that's probably what was a big driving factor for it. But it's pretty bitch made to me to back out of a home and home uh, the year before it's supposed to happen. I don't know. Welcome I to mean, the SEC. Yeah. Fuck them. I you, hate Mizzou. Said- Let's move on to another team I hate just as much. <laughs> probably more. Ah, uh, yes, Bobby. Damn it, Heupel. His third season in <laughs> Tennessee. <laughs> Last year was a flash in the pan. I'm going to be real with you guys. I don't think there's any chance in hell they repeat that. They got a transfer quarterback from Virginia Tech who turned out to be somehow good for the first time ever in his life. And also they had two receivers that were really good. Uh, they're both gone. So now what? <laughs> yeah, that that's where I'm at is they lost their quarterback and – even just that alone, we watched what happened when Malik Hooker went down last year, and their season right. just kind of fell apart. Uh, and then you you lose Jalen. That's Hyatt. even with that's even with Joe Milton performing pretty yeah. well. Yeah, and like, now you he tack on like the loss. Solid quarterback, and they couldn't compete. Yeah, no, I I I agree with you completely because you tack on now you lost Hooker, Jalen Hyatt, and Cedric Tillman. I've, Tillman. It is Tillman. Damn, I had it, guys. You should be proud of me. Um, you didn't have it, though. You hesitated. <laughs> I hesitated because I was second-guessing. I was like, it's not Tillman. It can't be Tillman, but it was Tillman. Um, yeah, so therefore you were wrong. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, two of three <laughs> is still good for me. No, it's an improvement. I, we're making progress. I, I can't see them coming out and doing the same thing again this year. I just I don't. Yeah, but they got Brew McCoy. Who? <laughs> Brew. Brew. McCoy. Yeah, I mean, you look at uh, their record last year, and you know they were eleven and two. That's most of Heupel's wins and very few yeah. of his losses. I'm not That's saying it's works. impossible. That... I'm not saying it's impossible, uh, <laughs> but I definitely agree that it was a, a flash in the pan. Man, I don't. I think this pro- is. It's the... very possible they're like a nine or ten win team. I, just I don't think that's see probably them fair, but they're not heads they were. With Georgia. Yeah, right. No, 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 no. They're not. 
and this is this is the thing that kind of sucks because this half of the SEC is generally Georgia. shittier, shittier, oh. or it you like it's go to Boston. Yeah, sorry. Uh, or it's dominated by one team. What competition did Florida run into in the early 2000s? Georgia? Okay, Georgia got stomped every time. So what or what are we really talking about? I know. Even the Matthew Stafford Georgia teams got shit rocked by Florida. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, and then, I mean, Missouri won, you know, they entered the SEC and won it, what, three years in a row? And they got absolutely wrecked by Alabama and I think LSU once right. in there because the, the east is just or the west rather eat no it is the east the west just means more the west yeah. just means more it's, than the east meaning more so uh, this means more and more yeah it's it's a fucking disaster there's unfortunately no real competition in this half of the conference and i you know we haven't really talked about Tennessee's schedule, but let's face it their rivalry game is vanderbilt and that's about all you need to know about how shitty the schedule is for them so the SEC East means one more, and the SEC West means more more. <laughs> yes, That's great. Now it's time to talk about the real USC. Come talk about Beamer. Cox. Shane Beamer is back for his that. third season. Uh, Shane Beamer, the job he's done here is very exciting. There's reason to be interested in watching the Cox this year, and you should always watch does, Cox. Some of that does come down to Spencer Rattler actually being fun, if not good. He's, at least he's fun at USC now. Uh, Trey Knox coming in from Arkansas should help that tight end room. Yes. I think the front of this defense is exciting for a couple of reasons, and they're recruiting very well on the defensive line as well. Should be good for Shane Beamer's tenure. And the fact that he turned down Virginia Tech to stay at USC like in year one shows that he's committed to this job. And now he's in year three and has them in, you know, they they lost by a touchdown to Notre Dame in a bowl game last year. It's kind of hard to fault them for that. They did upset Clemson to knock Clemson out of playoff contention. They upset Tennessee to knock Tennessee out of playoff contention. Like this is a this is one of those teams where you really hate to see them on your schedule now. And I awesome. think I think they've got that let's play spoiler mindset down. So it's it should be, at least in my mind, by my estimation, a pretty easy transition to switch to let's just be the motherfuckers. Let's win these games. This is a team that for no reason actually gives Georgia a run for their money just about every year anyway. I don't think they have any chance of winning the SEC East, but if you ask me if that Georgia game is going to be interesting, the answer t- for me is yes. Well, it's going to be extremely interesting because it's opening conference play for both of them, and this is going to be after South Carolina already opens the season against one of their biggest rivals, North Carolina. I think they're going to be more. Go ahead. I think I they're going to be more ready for that Georgia game than Georgia will be. Unfortunately for South Carolina here, my big concern on their schedule is the Furman game. Which oh, sounds 100%. ridiculous. 100%. Until, until you look at how dang good Furman is right now and the <laughs> fact that they're probably going to overlook them because they're an FCS school. They're they're playing and, they're they're playing one of their biggest rivals. You could 
you could maybe say their biggest rival. They do still have the the textile bowl to close out the year against Clemson. But they're playing North Carolina to open the season. They play Furman, right. and then they play the biggest game of their conference slate week right. one. Yeah. It's that very – it has trap a, games written all over yep. it. That's all a very it. tough sandwich, and Furman's a legitimate FCS national title contender down there. So it's it could be a very fun couple of weeks to open the season for USC. Yep. <laughs> we'll see what they're made of early. And of course, and now we'll talk we talk about Furman more when we get to uh, to our FCS previews. Now we get to the best damn team in the SEC South, which y'all don't understand. That's okay. It's freaking Vanderbilt, guys. <laughs> okay, that coach looks like he's confused at the team he's putting on the field. No, I'll tell you what that coach looks like. Clark Lee looks like the guy who voices Mister Krabs, straight up. <laughs> A little bit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they are returning right. some talent across the offense, except for their 1,000-yard running back, which we already mentioned with Kentucky. But A.J. Swan is back. A.J. Swan looked very good last year across a surprisingly decent offensive line. That's what Clark Lee was specializing in was the trenches, mostly across the defensive front, but it's translated to a good offensive line as well. Probably the best Vanderbilt's had so- across both both trenches uh under clark lee here so question on that mm-hmm. it concerns me when we highlight you know key players on the offense and defense and we enjoy putting in offensive linemen in there but you're in the sec this team has got a good offensive line but not not a single offensive lineman is a key key for this yeah offense. i was the, the one that i had in there actually then transferred so uh, i had to replace him real quickly <laughs> And so Ah. what I did, what I did was something I thought would be fun and interesting um, because Cedric Alexander there is a true freshman. And I think that's a bold choice, but also I thought it'd be the right place to talk about it because they just lost their thousand yard rusher and the guys behind him didn't do a ton. I think this is going to be a running back rotation to start the year but I kind of expect Cedric Alexander to take over that room. He's a high four-star coming in, and he might end up being their main running back at the end of this season. I would not at all be surprised with that. And honestly, that kind of makes me excited in itself. Yep, that's fair. All right. I don't I don't want to put you on the spot, but is Anchor a – where where on the field is that? And I love that they have incorporated that into their naming convention of their defense. Yeah, it's one of those like hybrid defensive back linebacker roles okay. that everybody has. It's, a, so it's a, a lobo back. For. It's a lobo back, but yeah. for for the for the for yeah, the Commodores. Yeah. Here's here's yeah. my second biggest question about uh, Vanderbilt this year: is are they going to have to play against Alabama A and M in a high school stadium as well? Because if you haven't seen the pictures of what their stadium Probably. upgrade currently looks like. Um, it ain't, it ain't good. And I know, so, I know Nashville's had some bad weather, but Jesus. So there is a little bit of a reprieve there. Um, they didn't expect to have the stadium done this year. The end zone. They were planning. Seating, yeah. The end zone seating was going to be done heading into 2024. So they were already expecting to not have those sections available. It's the other they're they're finishing some touches 
on the sections that they were planning to have open this year. So I don't think it'll be the entire season or anything. It might be one or two games yeah. that they are delayed because of weather. But the the actual plan for the stadium renovations is very nearly where they expected it to be. So I don't think that's as bad as what it sounded like. But yeah, they're definitely playing Hawaii and probably Alabama and AM on a high school field, which is hilarious. That'd be, that'd be great. <laughs> At that point, if you're Alabama A&M, do you go, do you just want to make this an away game? We'll still take the money, but uh, we'll host. We'll, we'll take we'll take your travel costs out of our cut. That's fine. Yep. Man, that'd be awesome, actually. That's what I'm saying. Like, Hawaii can't really do that, but. I mean, I, mean, I don't know that Alabama could. A&M really can either, but. It's different when you're driving down the road versus flying across the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's farther drive than you're giving it credit for. The St. South Dakota, where driving across the state in one night is just normal. <laughs> Let's move on to the big bad man. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of how it's a shorter drive from Nashville, Tennessee to what part of Alabama is Alabama A&M in? Doesn't matter at this point. We're moving to the SEC They're not Tuscaloosa. (laughs) It was a joke at your expense and we're moving I know, and now I'm trying to logically (laughs) make sense of it. There is no logic. We're talking about Alabama. We're talking about head coach Nick Saban's 17th season with the Crimson Tide. Yeah. Where he is 194 and 27 overall. That's really good if you weren't aware. He's also won a couple of national championships in his career. Um, I don't know, if maybe the most aware. of anyone ever. So that's kind of cool. Uh, <laughs> I will say it is interesting to me how everyone is a little bit down on Alabama right now. Um, I know I'm saying that even with people putting Alabama like number three or number two in a lot of their preseason polls. Uh, but it does feel like the the general rumblings about Alabama are a little bit muted compared to what they have been in recent years. I think that's purely because nobody knows who this quarterback is going to be, and it's a little bit of a more old-school roster construction than what we've seen in the past couple of national championship winners. This is a 2009 to 2014, 2015 Alabama roster where you're going to have a great running back in Jace McClellan, one dominant wide receiver in Jermaine Burton here, a great offensive line, and then you're going to plug and play at quarterback. And there are a couple of good options there, but I don't know who's really going to start. People have speculated it'll be Milrow. I don't really believe in Milrow. I think his arms are bigger than his throwing ability. It's just very cool to see him on the field because he's so dang jacked. But I don't think he's actually that good of a quarterback. It might end up being true freshman Ty Simpson. I don't know right now. And the defense is the scary part of this roster, which, again, goes back to the past when Nick Saban was winning a whole bunch of national championships. So I kind of understand where he's coming from with this, but it does feel like an old-school roster construction which may or may not work in today's college football. Well, but I think he had to switch it up, right? Because he, a lot, much like Bill Belichick, 
he had a coat after having so much dominance for so long, he finally showed a chink in the armor here. But you're right. They absolutely had gotten away from what made them so great. And even those teams, it was still the guarantee promise when he was recruiting players, hey, we will get you to a national championship by the time you are a senior. It hasn't worked out for him the past two years. Maybe this is the path that they need to take to be able to you know, cash in on that promise that they're making these recruits. And I, I think this is true Alabama. This is Nick Saban's true style of playing. I think he got a few quarterbacks that he fell in love with and knew that he had to let them show their talent. But this is where he's comfortable is in that running heavy style, old school smash mouth type football. Um, I mean, Alabama was churning out running backs. Hell, they still are churning out running backs like no other. Oh, it feels like every year they're running backs a first round pick or early second round pick. So, man, to think that this guy is, was a number two last year because he was behind. Uh, oh, gosh. Thank you. I went to Bijan. I was like, no, that's Texas. Um, and Jameer Gibbs was a number two behind Najee. Like, you could go down the line and all of no, those guys. Jameer Gibbs was a transfer from Georgia Tech. Wow. So he's the weird one. Um, <laughs> yep. But but you get the you guys get where I'm going, right? I know. So this scares me more that they're getting back to what true Alabama is, at least in my estimation, going into this season. That makes them a little bit stronger, honestly. You know what really scares me is that Nick Saban is six wins away from 200, which would only put him 32 behind Bear Bryant. I think six wins is easy. He'll definitely get it. The question is... I hope so. <laughs> week, he, might, yeah. he might get fired if he only gets six wins. Right? <laughs> week six, they play Texas A&M in College Station. That ain't good. Their next game is against Arkansas, which perhaps they will win, but I'm also looking at a game that we're going to spend a little bit more time talking about later against Texas that... uh you know, maybe they don't win that one too. So we'll talk that's, more in depth about that. But it's going to be that's interesting. a pre-conference game. Yeah, right. it's going to be interesting to see. And there's definitely going to be a lot of chatter about Nick Saban getting his 200th win this season. So just be ready for it about week six, seven, or eight. We got Alabama squirting some pre-conference. Yes, and we're on to Arkansas. <laughs> Woo pig! Woo pig! Woo damn pig! <laughs> the unofficial SEC. Team of the Big Dudes in the Trenches podcast. They just only unofficial because they haven't recognized us as such, even though we definitely recognize them as such. (laughs) Sam Pittman is my favorite human being on earth. He's entering his fourth season at the Arkansas Razorbacks uh, head coach. And he is 19 and 17 overall, which doesn't sound great. But then you realize uh, this team was in the gutter when he got here and very quickly turned it into a team that nobody really wants to have to play. K.J. Jefferson is awesome when he is healthy. He is probably the second or third best quarterback in this conference when he's at full 100% health. Raheem Sanders made our All-America team. He is one of the fastest players in all of college football. This is a fun, fun squad, and I don't know how much that's going to translate to a ton of wins, I do expect them to be bowl eligible again, but either way, they'll be fun to watch for sure. <laughs> and how KJ Jefferson goes is how this team goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, they 
they were completely different after he got hurt last year, right? I mean, we we had delusions. I'll call them delusions that they would have a chance at the conference potentially sneaking into the college football playoffs because who doesn't want to get wrapped up in that stuff during the season? KJ Jefferson going down absolutely dashed any any even semi realistic thought of that happening. Right. If he stays healthy, though, I think they have the construct on their team this year to get it done. Look. All I'm thinking of now, and I know it's not Sam Pittman's style of offense, but you give me like mid 2010s Oregon speed option with KJ Jefferson and Raheem Sanders. That's a scary thought. Like, even if you're only running it like two or three times a day, like two or three times a game, that's going to get you chunk yardage. You cracking another Yoohoo? Hell yeah, Yoo-hoo. baby. Pick some of blow just- out. It just tastes better. <laughs> he needed a second mm. one because it just <sighs> dehydrates you so good. <laughs> no, can you? I, that is a wild thought. Thinking of KJ Jefferson and Raheem Sanders in a Chip Kelly offense of old. That, yes, that is, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's not. But like, like I said, even if you roll that into your your playbook for like, yeah, one or two times, like it's a it's a one off. It's not something you're gonna go run like Chip Kelly was running, but that'll get you yardage in areas where they're not expecting it. And they definitely have integrated some of those concepts in yeah. the past. Like it's not unusual to see well, them I mean, run a little think, bit of option here and there. Well, and think about what was it two years ago with Traylon Burks they know how to use speed to their advantage. Right. Right. Speed and size. They don't have a ton of size on the outside anymore, but they have speed in bunches. So. I like it. <laughs> Let's yeah. move along to Auburn, Auburn with Tigers. first-year head coach Hugh Freeze. He's got some SEC experience, but – what does that actually mean for Auburn? I, I, I don't I don't know why people are so excited and so high on him, if I'm being honest. Well, I'll tell you why people are so excited about him, because he's bringing in one of the best recruiting classes Auburn's seen in a while. And he's beating Georgia for some recruits, and he's beating Alabama for a guy in on the recruiting stage, which doesn't mean a ton for this year. But then you look at the transfers he's brought in, and, hey, these are some pretty good recruits, too. You kind of have to give him a little bit of credit. Nick Mardner comes in from Cincinnati, where he was a really good wide receiver. We'll see if that translates to the SEC. I think it certainly can. Avery Jones coming in from ECU. He was a great center for East Carolina. Auburn needed a center very badly. So they bring in Avery Jones, who's was the he was like the best center in the American Justin Rogers coming over from Kentucky. Like, I think that's an underrated addition to this Auburn squad where Justin Rogers probably didn't get enough love out of Kentucky as he deserves. Hopefully this elevates his stock a little bit. I like how they have – I like their defensive backs as far as I can throw them. Like, in college, they're, they're really good at what they do. I don't know that Nehemiah Pritchett's really an NFL corner. But, man, at, at Auburn, he's been really good. And you're able to keep that kind of a guy. You're able to keep Jarquez Hunter. 
like I think this is a really like solid team. And for a first year head coach at Auburn, that's about what you can ask for. And then he's coming in here and winning a bunch of recruiting battles. So I think in a couple of years, Auburn might really be pretty scary. You know, it just fucking blows my mind that didn't they just fire their last head coach for sleeping with an intern or something like that? And then Hugh Freeze is the guy that you hire. Yeah. I I don't help me understand. They play Cal though, so that'll be cool. They're traveling all the way across the country for that one, all the way out to Berkeley. That supports Pogue's theory. Mark that down. Mark that (laughs) down as a game in the Pac-12 I definitely do not want to watch. 9.30 p.m. Central start time. That means it's going to be a 10.30 uh, start time for all the kids in Auburn. Or no, I think they're still in Central time in Auburn. Absolutely disgusting. They're still squirting some pre-conference there. (laughs) (laughs) You just, you got to ruin it every time, huh? I love ruining things. It's the best. So, is this the year we start to see LSU go downhill because Brian Kelly's recruits are coming in? Not <laughs> yet. Not oh, yet. Okay. This is the last. This is the last good year for LSU <laughs> before disaster strikes. Look, I, I, I don't it. know how long is he going to keep the fake Bayou accent up because as long as that's going on, I think they've got a chance. He only does it like ten percent of the time right now. So that's fair. And the thing is, is that's that was his issue at Notre Dame. He just and Doug, you've said this plenty of times. He just cannot recruit. Yeah, it certainly felt like it was coming down to that at Notre Dame, where like he's a good coach, but man, the level of talent they were bringing in was not commensurate with the status of the program. Yeah. And I think some of that did come down to the restrictions he had at Notre Dame, and those restrictions are definitely gone at LSU. So and I. Th- I think some of that too is Notre Dame. They don't help out their coaches in a lot of ways. Recruit, right. they expect you to just be able to walk into a recruit's house and say, "We're Notre Dame," and people want to go there. There's more you could get into with that. If I don't Which, think it's the time, you to can do, do it. that. Fair. You can do that in the Northeast, but that's not going to get you the top football talent that you're looking for. Yeah, but to be fair, there was a kid, a linebacker who said he was all set to come to Ohio State, and then he went to summer camp and opened his Bible and found a passage that he thought he interpreted as God telling him to go to Notre Dame. So that just happened a couple weeks ago, legitimately. Like, Notre Dame still does recruit itself in a lot of ways. (laughs) But we'll see how he can do at LSU. In the meantime, this is uh, one of the most talented LSU squads we've ever seen, in my opinion. And I know we just saw him win a national championship in 2019, but damn, this roster's good. It is. It still is. And Jaden Daniels is is legit, too. And he came from Arizona State, so fuck you never watching the Pac-12, motherfuckers. You would never know about this guy. Hey, literally everybody's on board with us saying fuck the Pac-12. You're the only one that's clinging. You're clinging clinging to the Pac-12 as much as Stanford (laughs) and Cal. And I mean, you're clinging on. We still have a whole nother season of Pac-12 football. Watch the damn Pac-12. Even the Pac-12 said fuck the Pac-12. Fuck you. (laughs) I don't remember if we talked about this game uh, when we were talking about the ACC, but opening the season at Camping World Stadium against Florida State, I cannot wait for that game. I'm fine double-tapping it. 
because last last year we saw this matchup in the Superdome in a neutral site game that was obviously a home. Ah, uh, yes, the neutral site in Louisiana. Now, yes, and now this year it's a neutral site at Camping World, which is obviously the home game for Florida State. So, <laughs> but yeah, that's week one, and that's awesome. It's on its own day. It's actually on Sunday, so it gets a whole separate set of eyes on it. It's going to be awesome. It should be an amazing game. And uh, even even yeah, playing but, Grambling State's going to be fucking awesome. I mean, well, no. not really. Grambling State sucks. <laughs> but the halftime show's fitting to be lit. Play That's next. true. If you're watching it for the halftime show. Go back. I want to talk about some of these defensive guys. Oh. Mason Smith with two A's is dope. And I love Mason Smith. Uh, and also... Mazanya, Mazanya <laughs> Smith. He's the Italian defensive tackle. Mazanya. Uh, Harold Perkins is probably my second favorite linebacker in the country. Figure it out. <laughs> it still messes me up seeing Makai Wingo because it immediately makes me think of uh, Trey Wingo. No, I'm thinking of Mingo. Is it Barkevius Mingo? Yeah. And it, which inevitably goes, no, it's a different name. And I immediately go back to SpongeBob of Wumbo versus Jumbo. And I don't know why. I just get stuck there in a constant because you're mixing up the M and the W. Which one's Wumbo in this instance? Well, it would be that that is an interesting. No, it would be Wingo because it's a W, not an M. Yeah, but which one's actually in spirit, Wombo? I don't know. I don't know. Worth discussing. <laughs> Email us at BDT, mailbox at bdtfootball.com with your answers. <laughs> Let's talk about the Ole Miss Rebels. Lane Kiffin is entering his fourth season with the uh, the Sharks, whatever they happen to go by at this particular moment. They have like seven different mascots. Now, so now that is a down south last name. <laughs> Which one? Quinshawn <laughs> Judkins. Quinshawn Judkins ran for over eighteen hundred yards last year. Led the FBS in rushing, actually, even over. I, he's good. Uh, the guy out of Texas who got drafted very high, B. John Robinson. Everybody's loving up on Quinshawn Judkins. I. Don't like him as much as everyone tells me that I should. Um, and maybe that's a me problem. Bro, but... that, that's that's just how you are with running backs. You love all the ones they say you shouldn't. And the ones they say you should, you go, yeah, but should I? <laughs> I see the flaws in this game. And it's like, that's that's the stuff that I never saw at a Bijan, which I guess is unfair in a lot of ways. Because Bijan was one of the best running back prospects we've seen in a very long time. But... I don't know that Quinchon's going to lead the FBS in rushing yards again. And I don't think it's fair to put him up in a Heisman conversation like some have tried to do. So, the, I'm looking at their schedule. This is the second SEC school I've seen that has a, uh, a fan guide on what to wear on their schedule. Uh, Missouri was the other one. I, I, I'm pretty sure all of them did, that these are just the two that stuck out. They always try to pop out the powder blues to make things important. 
you know, at home, they'll wear the powder blue top with the powder blue helmet. On the road, they'll likely wear the powder blue helmet. Uh, and they've got one home game, one road game where they want the fans to wear powder blue. The home game is homecoming against Vanderbilt. So that's, you know, chalk it up to an easy win. Would you all like to guess what the hey. away game that they're telling their fans to wear powder blue to is? I'm going to guess the Egg Bowl. No, no. Actually, it's it's a game that they're definitely not going to win, not just a game that they might Oh, then it's Alabama. Win. Yeah, it's <laughs> Alabama. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do like their great wide receiver transfer out of UTSA. Sakari Franklin was definitely our favorite receiver out of the American. He, I guess not the American yet. Yeah. USA last year. Uh, but now they're He's the a, American. And Sakari Franklin is senior this year. I believe so. Because I remember him torment, tormenting Memphis. Yeah. I, he did. I, Definitely did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was painful. They also bring in transfer linebacker Monty Montgomery from Louisville, which is just a great name. It is. Yeah, That's, <laughs> I don't know if it's as good as Quinshawn Judkins, but it's it's a good name. I also think Monty Montgomery is going to be a starter, so that – Doubly great. Yes. <laughs> Let's go ahead and jump to the their Egg Bowl rivals in Mississippi State. The team we like more. They are helmed by first-year head coach Zach Arnett for unfortunate reasons. Last year's bowl game against Illinois – was very much a – they became America's team, yeah. uh, at least for that one game. I very much doubt that will continue into this season because there are a lot of teams, especially in the SEC, really can't stand Mississippi State. <laughs> but I do think Zach Arnett was the best possible choice in this really difficult situation. That's a continuation of some of the Mike Leach culture yep. while also being – uh, a defensive-focused guy where the offensive focus of m- what Mike Leach was trying to do, as much as we love Mike Leach and as much of this is not a knock on him in any way, it wasn't resulting in like great seasons for Mississippi State. They weren't competing in the division, which I don't know if it's fair to expect that. Yeah, But also it's, it is kind of let's try something different. Right, and let's go yeah. with a defensive guy in this. You know, we were forced to change. Let's go with something different. Well, Andy, you, you got to. I'm trying to find a silver lining here. It, it, the situation really. I, I've got, I've got the silver yeah. lining for you. He was able to navigate this team and this locker room to a victory in that Real Quest Bowl. Yep. Right. You know, in the midst of Mike Leach's untimely against passing. a very good Illinois team. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. They- Zach Arnett, when you do something like he did at the end of last season, navigating this team through that time to a victory, that buys the players backing into you as a coach. And that opens up a whole different list of possibilities. The players are going to play at a whole different, even level, honestly. Uh, They're going to leave everything they have for you on the field. Theoretically, they should be anyway, but not every coach unlocks that. And I think even in that one game, he was able to unlock that based on the events that had happened. I will say, too, even though he is a defensive 
minded head coach, he does have the advantage of Will Will Rogers coming back this season. Who doesn't really look like that picture? That's an old picture where he had long <laughs> red hair. But I mean, he should still have red hair. He doesn't really. It's darker now, and like it's basically brown. He he <laughs> bought his soul back from the devil. I, <laughs> no, he didn't. He went to Mississippi State. And yeah, I there was a trade off there. I don't understand. <laughs> Why you're such a fan of Quinn Sean Judkins' name and not a fan of Joe Quavius Marks? That's I, because he can't pronounce Joe Quavius. No, I can't. <laughs> Actually, Doug, Doug, it's funny you said that, but my 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 initial when I first looked at the slide went to Jet Johnson. I was like, that's a good right. name too. I mean, sure, but he's so white. He's got to be. <laughs> Come on, he looks like a ghost almost. I know. Yeah. Yeah, whoever like turned the flash on on that camera needs to not <laughs> next time. We should have given him some stage makeup so we could actually see him. I can almost see myself in his face. Like. He's like John Cena. You can't see him. <laughs> Which is very useful as an outside linebacker, must Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> really disguising the coverage out there. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. When he goes up for the draft, I'm going to be paying attention to his to his 40 time because you can't have a name like jet and be slow like that's just not allowed he's gonna run in the sixes that's a linebacker at which point i will change his name to <laughs> propeller johnson <laughs> look i it does not matter what what mississippi state does all year the only game anybody looks forward to for him year in and year out is the egg bowl and there's yep. plenty of reason for that just go watch yeah. the past couple egg bowls it's High quality entertainment, no matter what, what way you try and spin it. Was it this year or last television. year that was decided because of some stupid penalties at the end of the game? That was a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah, okay. I think that was at least two years ago, if not three. When somebody laid a football egg, and then somebody someone... pissed on the pissed on the the goalpost like a dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that one. It was a couple of really great penalties in the history of the egg bowl. <laughs> <laughs> but the last team in the SEC West is Texas A&M. The Aggies. Same color scheme as the team before them. Makes okay. it nice. Great oil magnate himself, Jimbo Fisher, in the sixth season with the team. Uh, and a worse winning percentage than the guy that they had before, Jimbo Fisher, and they fired because he wasn't winning enough. Yeah, so but that's cool. Jimbo was smart and he tied their hands. Even the oil magnets, the real ones, don't want to fire him because he will cost way too much money to fire. Yes. Which is saying something because he has not gotten to the point where they're like, look, dude, we'd rather pay you to not coach for us. Yeah, I mean, it's it would be a lot of money to let him go, but he's also 39 and 21 overall and didn't make a bowl game last year. So on a year they were touted as potentials for the SEC West. <laughs> and he had to cut about half of his team because all the boosters cared about doing was buying the best team possible. And he's like, no, I don't want half of these players. He's really in a tough position when you get down to it. And they uh, lost to Appalachian State, which was amazing. That's, brutal. Yeah, that's not helpful to them. I don't so, I'm looking through their non-conference schedule though. I don't see any <laughs> any Appalachian states yeah I don't see any (laughs) Appalachian states uh but what I do see that I have not seen on pretty much any other SEC schedule I always go to the team website and I've mentioned this every show what what do I see on Texas A&M's 
schedule on their website that I don't see on other teams. Two I know what you're talking about. I want to see what what's your guess, Tug. Oh, is it not a cupcake? No, no. no they they play ACU before playing LSU to close no. out. Abilene Christian, baby. Okay, then I I don't know. They have the date for the SEC championship on their schedule, ah. while no other SEC team, and I mean no other SEC Look, team Look, there's does. two teams in the SEC that can really do that on a yearly basis, and it's Georgia and Alabama. Alabama, yeah. I don't think even did. I'm I'm double-checking now. No, 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 but I'm saying those but, are the only right. teams that are allowed to, and the two teams that are allowed to probably don't because they know that you don't <laughs> schedule that. Yeah, yeah Georgia it, doesn't have it. It can be interesting if it cocky if they son do. of a bitch look uh <laughs> jimbo's jimbo's seat is as on fire as it can get without, without them being actually to being the- hot <laughs> dude he's sitting on fucking it's dry also ice right now that's that's what he's sitting on it's super cold but it hurts because they're trying right. to get him out so it's not a hot seat it's just prickly <laughs> it's it's a frost frostbitten seat. He keeps trying to stand up, and the seat comes with him. So, because the roster has had some turnover, I do have some interesting additions to this lineup that we have on the screen here, including a very young running back in Ruben Owens, the second pretty unproven guy, true freshman, originally committed to University of Louisville. And then said, actually, money sounds cool. I would, want, would like some of that. And ended up at Texas A&M. Uh, <laughs> don't blame him. But also, we'll see how that goes. Uh, I do like Evan Stewart. But I don't know what he can really do by himself out there in the receiving core. But down on the defense, the only guy I'm really that excited about out of anybody here is the corner, Tony Grimes. Transfer from North Carolina. He started, like, actually legitimately was a starter for North Carolina when he was, like, 16 years old. He came into North Carolina very young and was an immediate impact player. Um, I, He's a senior now, and I don't know if he's legal drinking age yet. So it's very possible that he becomes one of the youngest drafted players, like, ever. And also, he will have ex- exhausted all of his eligibility. So, <laughs> so, it's really a crazy story. I do like Tony Crimes a lot. I think he's a fantastic football player. And is probably going to be the best part of this defense right now. They are very young across the defensive line. I think there's potential there. But I don't know enough about them to trust them yet. So, I'm looking forward to seeing Tony Crimes. I'm just... I'm very intrigued by this team as I feel like I always end up being, you know, we we already mentioned they're going to have Alabama at home. That could be Nick Saban's 200th win, or they could 100% pull out another upset against the Crimson Tide at home. They like doing that. They do like (laughs) doing that. Uh, However, that is the only big game, you know, tough game I see on their schedule as far as in their division that they have at home. Sure, Auburn could potentially be a tough one, uh, and they have that one at home. And then they have the uh, the Arkansas rivalry at uh, AT&T Stadium, which 
for all intents and purposes, a home game for them there as well. I'm curious to see how this shakes out for them. Yeah, I would be willing to put money on them making a bowl game this year. I think that seemed on like unbelievable that they didn't make a bowl game last year. Um, I guess it's theoretically possible that they don't. We'll see. Two and six in the conference. You got to be better than that. Yeah, that's rough. Uh, but we have our pre-conference matchup here, Texas at Alabama as one of our top three most anticipated non-conference games to watch. Obviously, that was going to be on there. Last year was a banger. This year ought to be another slapperoni. We were we were sitting there chest painted, cheering on my niece at her softball game, and anytime she wasn't doing something, we were staring at our phone <laughs> trying to see how this game would end. Cause it yeah. Even even with Quinn Ewers getting hurt and them having to go to Hudson Card, the game was still incredibly close and it came down to a missed field goal because of course the college kicker missed a field goal. If I'm remembering it came down to a field goal. I'm pretty sure they missed it. Yeah. I have no doubt in my mind that Quinn Ewers wins that game for the Texas Longhorns. I'm very interested to see if he's able to do something like that again this year in a hostile environment. And then two Big 12 SEC matchups on the same day, September 16th. We have BYU heading to Fayetteville, Arkansas, and we have Kansas State heading to Columbia, Missouri, I mean, Kansas State-Missouri is just an old-school matchup. It's an old-school matchup, yeah. I'm excited for that one. I am excited for that one. And then BYU-Arkansas feels like a a legitimate test for both squads. How far can we actually expect both of them to end up going? Like, we think both of them should be comfortably a bowl-eligible team. But, like, can either of them compete for their conferences? I think the winner of this game – We'll have a lot more momentum, certainly, and you'll feel a lot more confident about their season after this game. And I would also like to point out that uh, we're not really picking the Missouri-Kansas State game uh, out of pity for them as far as you know wanting to have a, a non-conference game on that half of the conference. Right. Uh, it's more of a sense that, they're the only ones that didn't completely load up their non-conference schedule with cupcakes on uh, that half of the conference. Well, and it is such an old-school matchup. It just feels right. Like Kansas State-Missouri feels like a game that ought to happen all the time. So It does. And I, and I would say, too, there's there's more implications for this for the Big 12 than I would say for the SEC. Like This is a much bigger game for Kansas State than it is for Missouri just because of the way Kansas State finished the year out, right? Right. Right, if your Big 12 champions can't beat a mid-tier SEC's team, that just looks bad for the conference as a whole. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't think that's necessarily fair, but it's definitely the way that'll be reported on ESPN. So. Oh, <laughs> what, ESCCPN? Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> that takes us to uh, the end here. To the yeah. to the big the big SEC splash page, uh, Tug's got some family stuff going on, so I, I think we're going to get to pick his uh, conference winners yet again, which he is just going to love. Well, he's obviously he would obviously obviously take Vanderbilt against 
against Mississippi State in the conference championship game. And I, I think he would absolutely be picking the Commodores in that game. Playoff bound, Vandy. Lock it in for Tugas. <laughs> and it's locked in. Perfect. <laughs> now, uh, do you want to be boring or do I want to be boring? <laughs> or do we both I'll want to be boring? I'll let, I'll let you be boring and I'll, I'll determine my version of boring afterwards. Well, let's let's both start with the East here because... I'm going to be very boring over there. I'm going to say Georgia is going to win the SEC East. I I have no reason to say uh, say otherwise. I I want there to be a team that comes out of the East that matters mm-hmm. besides one. I just unfortunately don't see it. The but, West is where things could get interesting. Yes. I will I will 100% say this. For all the shit we give the SEC, a lot of that's predicated on you pretty much know who's going to win the national champion or win the SEC championship game before you get there. You do not know, however, who is going to win the West. And that's even when Alabama has been at their very best, you always look at the schedule and be like, well, they could lose there this one. There is a shot. There is a shot. They could and lose they this get- one. And, and they always that have run of dominance, though. It was always like, well, if Alabama makes it to the SEC championship game, it's not going to be a contest. So yeah. <laughs> the real SEC championship game is going to be Alabama LSU that year or Alabama Texas A&M that year or whatever. Or, hell, even Alabama Auburn, because you want to talk about right. the most unpredictable game on the schedule, that one's it. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually not going to pick Alabama out of the West. If you want to, feel free. I'm going with LSU. Okay. Okay. Uh, that is which that is would be a repeat of last year as far as the winners of each division, which is unusual. Here's where it's gonna get wild though. I'm gonna be I'm gonna pick LSU against Georgia in that championship <laughs> game. Man, we just talked all that shit about Brian Kelly. <laughs> I I said this is one of the most talented team LSU's had. Yeah, that's fair, man. <laughs> Do I want to be absolute? Be boring. It'll help our overall. <laughs> It'll help <again>. our credibility. <laughs> I. <laughs> uh, yeah, I unfortunately don't see Auburn doing it. LSU, I think, is a good. A good shot you know i no reason to think that they wouldn't i will i'll go ahead and just pencil this in i'm gonna say uga is repeating they're winning mm-hmm. the conference all right so we'll just we'll cover that we'll be we'll be extra vanilla there sure but then that leaves uh old miss who's not gonna do it mississippi state who's not gonna do it it'd be awesome if mississippi state did so now i'm left with texas a&m auburn and arkansas and i, I can't remember if i wrote off auburn or not I don't trust Hugh Freeze in his first year. So, again, they might ruin it for Alabama. And there'd be some weird tiebreaker where even though they win the head-to-head against both of these teams, it allows Arkansas or Texas A&M to get in. But ultimately, I think it is going to be Alabama. The more I I keep trying to find a way to talk myself into it, 
right. where it's at least somewhat realistic. I do think it is going to be I think it's going to be a three-horse race. I think it's going to be Alabama, LSU, and then there's going to be one of these other teams that surprises us. And I don't get that. I, If I had to pick a third team, because obviously the other option, if it's not LSU for me, the right answer is Alabama. Right. Like 70%, I should pick Alabama. I want to pick LSU because it's kind of fun. The other like 5% out there, if I'm picking a third team out of the West, for me right now is Ole Miss. Really? And I know I, I talked about how I don't really know what I'm getting out of the quarterback right now, and it is a little bit of a – I don't know if Quinshawn Judkins is as great as everyone thinks he is. But, man, the way that offense played last year, it, it really did look very good. I, I don't trust you- anybody else right now. And you talk about not trusting Brian Kelly, and I think there's plenty of proof to back that one up. I don't trust Lane Kiffin for the same reasons. Sure. I'm curious to see when the other shoe is going to fall and it's going to go off the rails for Lane Kiffin there. Sure, but also the last times that it went off the rail, when he was at USC, he was like 17 years old, basically. When he was at Florida (laughs) Atlantic, he was like four years old as a head coach. I mean, it was weird. So he's an adult now, and he's an old Miss. <laughs> I think it could work. <laughs> Didn't he? Am I going crazy? Didn't he get fired at uh, at Tennessee as well? Yeah, he yeah. got ran yeah. out of the rail there. Yeah. Ah oh, man, I. <sighs> Which makes you love him, right? <laughs> I mean. He tanked that program a little bit. It's it good for Absolutely. you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he tanked him so hard. But that again, that's where I that's where I do get nervous. It's just like looking at right. it from a from an SEC standpoint. You got to be expecting another the other shoe to drop at some point, and it's it's unfortunate. Is this the year that it happens, though? I don't know. I, I would love to see it be the year that Arkansas is able to elevate themselves in the conference. You know, three and five yeah. in conference play is not something to to brag about, but it's sure like it's they're getting some of those wins, which is something that I like to talk about a lot. Whereas two years, three years ago, it was like, man, they're so close to getting some of these wins. Now they're getting some. I'd love to see them build on that, and I think they could easily be in that conversation. They they're proven that they're here. I I would love to see them be the third team in that conversation. When you go yeah. back and look at the East, though, I don't even see a team that you can really confidently put into that they're going to be second place in the East conversation, right? Maybe South Carolina. Maybe I would say I would say Tennessee is your best bet for second place right now, but there are concerns so many question marks. and Kentucky and South Carolina and Florida are all basically at the same level right now it feels like and if Tennessee regresses to their level that means you have a four-way tie for second place basically <laughs> in everyone's mind which is where unpredictability happens yeah yeah 100%. it's basically the Mac of the SEC Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> Complete parody. Thank you, Ball State, for bringing that into our lives. 
<laughs> they were they oh, were man. our knight in shining armor tonight. Tug's not here to read them, which is unfortunate for us because I was so ready to hear him whine and complain about having to read these off. I know, me too. So I'll read them off. Anyway. He left. <laughs> he actually doesn't have any family issues happening at the moment. <laughs> oh, just, he didn't want to read links. <laughs> He's going to come back on in three seconds and be like, ah, I tricked y'all. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, but if you would like to help support the show financially, you can head on over to patreon.com backslash BDT football, or you can head on over to twitch.tv backslash big dudes in the trenches. Give us a follow. You can subscribe, which will help us monetarily there. If you're watching us live, that'd be awesome too. Help us grow the channel. And, uh, you know, you could donate bits. You can do all kinds of things on Twitch to help us out there. And did I mention we're live on Twitch? So you can absolutely watch us live. You can also check us out at twitter.com backslash BDT football. Although I do think x.com is going directly to Twitter now too, correct? Yeah. It's a weird yeah. transition. It's a weird transition, but we're I, there. The past couple of days I've been getting, if I'm on a computer trying to get to X, I do go to X.com and it works. It's a thing. Nice. nice. It feels awful and I hate calling it that because it sounds it feels still, but... It feels dirty. He's going to be so happy. I'm going to finish <laughs> reading these and we're going to tell him what, what teams he picked. You can also check us out at facebook.com backslash oh, BDT Actually, football. I, go ahead. Hey, you want to read ahead. the rest of the links? You can I don't know what you read, so no. <laughs> Instagram.com backslash BDT underscore football. We also have a website. We're working on the best ways to utilize that, bdtfootball.com. You can also email us questions, though. We check that all the time. Mailbox at bdtfootball.com. You can watch these episodes later if you prefer the video version at youtube.com backslash big dudes in the trenches. We've got the Discord link scrolling down below us here on the screen if you want to try and type that in. Or you can check out the description. The permanent link is there as well. We're always talking in there. We'd love for you all to come and join us there as well. Tug. Yeah. How do you feel about Vandy and Auburn? What, for last place in each division? Oh, perfect! Because that you officially have them picked as your division winners. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hold conference. on, I, yep. I'm, yep. I'm. Can can I at least apologize? I have some family stuff going on. Oh, um, we know, but we've can, been doing this every week. Apologize all you want to. We've been <laughs> doing this every week, so we we were just we didn't think we'd get to keep the bit going, and then yeah. you had to leave. So, so, <laughs> I. So your official picks for the SEC are Vandy and Auburn. Look, guys, Vanderbilt I'm, winning the conference, I'm, obviously. I'm under enough stress right now. My wife's going to be overnight in Detroit, and that's a scary thought, okay? That is scary. But I do want to tell you, for the Big Ten, you you picked Maryland and Nebraska with Nebraska winning the whole At least thing. I didn't take Rutgers. At least I didn't take Rutgers. You and took, you uh, you took Boston, Boston College, College in the Virginia ACC. Tech. You I took see, West. Hold on. I could get behind BC. I can get with that. You took first. <laughs> You, you took West Virginia winning it, playing Cincinnati in the Big Twelve. Nope, don't agree with that. Nope. You took you took Colorado winning it, playing Stanford in the Pac twelve. I will take that with Coach Prime. You, Dude, could you hold on? Could you imagine Coach Prime comes in 
goes, nah, I'm leaving. Wins the conference championship on the way out. No, all I can't. That's I can't. why you picked it. You, you, took, you took Memphis beating UAB in the American. Ah, the Battle of the Bones. Yeah, Part re- two. rematch. I like it. You took uh, you took Georgia State beating uh, Texas State. Look, I know there's one the here that's going to piss me off. I know what you guys did without looking. But I'm Do waiting you? for you to say it. I'm waiting for you to say it. You took Usapa beating Boise. Ah, we yeah. weren't. Now I'm Doug weren't, was wearing. To you yet. I was. Doug I, was wearing a Wyoming hat during the whole I episode. I was waiting for you guys to say, "Oh, Tug went Wyoming," and oh, I would have lost. Wyoming it. over Air Force would have been that's the ideal pick. They're they're divisionless now. That's how Usapa's playing Boise in your your scenario. Mountain West is divisionless this year. Yes. Uh, for the Mac, you took Buffalo over Eastern Michigan. Or no, actually, the other way around. Eastern Michigan, Eastern over, Michigan Buffalo. over Buffalo. Very exciting. I, I picked those. I was there for that one. He was. That doesn't make <laughs> sense to me, so that's cool. All right. <laughs> Wild. All right, fair enough. <laughs> All right, I will take us out of here. Uh, if, uh, do any of you guys have anything else? Um, what do you call a sad strawberry? I don't know. A blueberry. God damn it. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. wait, oh, wait. I got one better. I can't handle two right. dad jokes. If a blackbird has black babies and a bluebird has blue babies, what bird has no babies? A racist. A swallow. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, that is all the time we have on the show today. Thank you for watching and or listening. And just remember, you can't win a game.